I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. I am the co-host of the Gene Otto with Jeffrey Show here in Memphis, Tennessee on 92.9 FM ESPN. Weekdays from 2 until 4. Of course, you can listen anywhere on the Odyssey app. My co-host is RJ Choppy, the co-host also of Shannon RJ. Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. till 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, what's going on, my man? Man, ready for another weekend, another big weekend of college football. Never gets old. It does not get old. We would mentioned two weeks ago, perhaps maybe one of the best days in college football in, in decades. It felt like to me last week we were a little bit hungover. There were still some great moments. I'm never going to complain about college football in general. But what did you make of last week? Because to me, it just the whole day just kind of felt a little sleepy. Yeah, well, I mean, look, um, for here, obviously, minus, you know, minus the scene at your alma mater, obviously. We, we don't talk about that. Okay, we're, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't even bring that up. Anymore. Yeah, I just hope that they don't ban fans when I go there in three weeks. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I, I'll tell you, you know, last week was uh, for us here, and I live in the DFW area, uh, you know, Texas blowing another big lead that this is becoming kind of what Texas does. They. Oklahoma State, we joked uh, on the show uh, on Saturday morning that when Oklahoma State was down 17-3, that they had Texas right where they wanted them, you know, and and, and the Longhorns blow another one. Uh, So that was, you know, for for me, that was like, okay, you know, there's something going on down there. And and credit to Oak State, which is the most unheralded team, I think, in, in college football right now. Where they're, I mean, here they are. They're they're undefeated. They're top ten, and they're a touchdown dog. So it doesn't it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, I, I think that was one of the things that stood out to me last week is that Texas just can't close games out right now. Yeah, what we said on the show in the afternoon slate was Texas is back in the first half. They've yeah. got to work on the second half to to end up getting back, but. You're right. To me, a couple of the storylines from last weekend were teams like Michigan State and teams like Oklahoma State, teams that maybe aren't getting the press or the attention that some of the other undefeateds are. They quietly just kind of keep going about their business. And one of the teams that we thought was also kind of in that category, I don't really know anyone that in their heart of hearts believed Iowa's, Iowa was the number two team in the nation. But we saw... Uh, they had a big flaw and a really fatal flaw, which was their offense. And they ran up against the team in Purdue that could score a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it all of a sudden with a couple of injuries in their defensive backfield, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it spiraled on them. My question for you is now that we see that Iowa's got a loss and I think there is still a path for them. They have to win out and they have to win the big 10 championship. And I think they could be a playoff team, but really what it, what it opened my eyes to was, 
the path is 100% there now for Ohio State. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like they're the team now that uh, we, we are looking to. Ohio, and if you look at Ohio State's schedule the rest of the way, I think they have four top ten teams on it to close out their season. And if they navigate that, I mean, how, how are you leaving them out? Like the, the door is wide open for Ohio State. It's as open for Ohio State as any team in the country. And I know they're going to have the one loss. They, they can't do anything about the loss they already have. You know, but if they went out, I mean, how is the committee going to leave them out over even an undefeated Cincinnati? Shoot, how are you going to leave them out over an undefeated Oklahoma if Oklahoma's undefeated? Because they haven't really had this bang-up schedule. And they're not, you know, if Oklahoma State loses, Oklahoma's not going to have a top-10 team they beat. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think that the path is very much there. You know, if they knock off Penn State, if they knock off Michigan State, if they knock off Michigan, they're going to start stacking up the wins that the committee's going to sit there yeah. and go, well, this team, you know, they'll, they'll spin it any way they need to. If they need to say at the time they beat, you know, five top ten teams, their one loss was against uh, Oregon, and I think it remains to be seen what Oregon's future is as they continue to pile up injuries and just also not really pass the eye test. But I just think that the path is there. And we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, maybe it's three weeks ago, that we had officially put Ohio State on flip the switch watch. And this week they have another opportunity yeah. against Indiana. And this screams to me like they just kind of have that look in their eye now where they figured out what they are and they're really starting to turn it on. I think the other story, though, for me, though, we know Alabama suffered their loss at Texas A&M. I did kind of wonder last week as they were playing Mississippi State, who I think is a decent football team. I, I don't think they just blew out a bad football team. I did kind of find myself wondering, oh, is Bama back? Yeah, was it that kick in the butt game that they needed? You know, did, did Bama get that game that, that all coaches love? All coaches, you know, they all want to win all their games. But, you know, and any coach will tell you it's much easier to coach after a loss than it is after a win, especially when you're Alabama. Like Alabama's so accustomed to winning, it almost feels like they just kind of take the field and win the game. Well, you know, Nick Saban, I mean, you know, he is Saban. It's a different animal. But how much coaching can you really do? How much attention can you really get to these players when they know they're going to walk out and, and, and there's not a player on the other side of the field that could start over them? And each individual player could think that. Well, when you lose a game, you, know, you get brought back down to earth real quick, and Nick Saban will do that. So, yeah, like Bama kind of became Bama again last week. And I think really the other two big storylines to me in terms of, you know, the top of the sport. We'd mentioned was Oklahoma on flip the switch watch now that they have Caleb Williams playing because as we've as it's well been well documented on this show. I don't think Spencer Rattler's gonna win a popularity contest in that locker room. And yet again, TCU I think everyone makes the mistake of thinking this is like old TCU in terms of a defense and whatnot. Yeah. When Cal was bombing it on him, like that was kind of a pretty good sign to me that, oh, this defense isn't there. But with that being said, like to me, I'm a big eye test guy. I think when Oklahoma plays with Caleb Williams, it just feels like they pass the eye test now. They start to yeah. look exactly like what we have in our minds as what Oklahoma looks like the past few years. Man, Spencer Rattler might not win a popularity contest at his own Thanksgiving table. Like, he really I think that's might not. Fair. I have, he doesn't sound like somebody that everybody gravitates to. Um, you know, I, I, I covered the 
the Cowboys a lot. I mean, Dak Prescott took over that locker room from Tony Romo by game two, uh, and, and it was over. It was over. Like, that's Dak. Everybody gravitates towards Dak Prescott, and you saw it at Mississippi State. And you're seeing what Dan Mullen really is, kind of without Dak Prescott over these last few years. Um, but I don't know that Spencer Rattler is that guy either. I don't know that Spencer Rattler is the guy that people gravitate. And it seems like Caleb Williams is. Uh, they like playing with him. Uh, I don't like to say they like playing for him, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, they kind of yes. do. No, I, no, I mean, we've all, you know, if we played sports, yeah. we've all seen those guys, the guys that you just, when he's on the field with you, you just kind of think like, okay, we're going to get it done. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and every, every team, even, even bad teams have that guy. Even bad sure. teams have that guy that, you know, that you have faith in that dude that he, cause that he is that dude. Uh, I like to call it I am he, like that he has his I am, I am he moment where he comes from on high. And, and that yeah. seems like what Caleb Williams does. And he's become great. Uh, and, and he has done fantastic work for OU. They have definitely flipped the switch. And they are clearly back truly in that title contender category. And then I think the other remaining question for me is, while, first off, a sincere F you to Mark Stoops and calling those timeouts and covering. Like, that that was a backbreaker. But to me, the other big story was I actually did think Kentucky played fairly well in that game. Yeah. And at no point did I ever consider that Georgia was going to lose. Is Georgia starting to feel inevitable to you, or do you think that they are gettable? Well, they're gettable because I don't think their offense is that good. Um, listen, there's going to come a game where, because this happens on every every play, there's a defensive lapse somewhere on the field on every play. It's just a matter on the other team's offense to find it. Right. Someone's going to have that game against them where they score 31. I know it sounds crazy to think that a team that gives up, like, I don't know, zero touchdowns a game by their first team defense ever would actually give up 31 points. But someone's going to get them. And someone's going to get them on a day where Georgia's offense isn't clicking. And their offense doesn't click all the time anyway. I know they're putting up, like, 30 a game you know, when they're, you know, obviously when you play Vandy, you're you're putting up 62 a game. But, you know, I know they're scoring points. But how much of that is the other team's defense just always on the field? Well, Georgia's defense isn't infallible. It's not going to – I mean, they're going to have games where they give up busted plays. You get a fumble here. You get a, a special teams uh, play over here. And all of a sudden, they're down three in the fourth quarter. Like, it's going to happen. Somewhere it's going to happen. I don't know where. It may be in Atlanta. Yeah, inevitably, when you play defense the way they do, they dare you to do things. And, and to your point, part of the reason why their offense, like their offense in terms of when you look at efficiency numbers and success numbers, they're, they're highly efficient. They're highly successful. But a lot of that has to do with their defense gives them the ball usually at midfield. And yeah. they don't have – they got a lot of short fields, and they're able to convert those. The type of teams that we've seen that give them trouble – and I don't know who it is on the remaining schedule. I think, as you mentioned, it may be Alabama in the, in the title game. But it's teams that have big play receivers. Guys, that, because you're going to get one-on-one -on -one coverage at some point. Can you throw it up to a guy and make some plays against them? I, I guess you could say theoretically maybe Florida next week. But Florida's big problem is they don't really have 
speedy or big play receivers. They've got a, a, a schematically good offense, but they turn the ball over a lot. So I really don't know. I mean, I think I would expect at some point if Alabama's, you know, when you have that many five-star yeah. receivers, that that could be a, a potential problem. Let's take a look at some of the games this week on some of the teams that we're mentioning. I thought this note was interesting because I think last year I'm I got my eye on Ohio State again this week because Ohio State and Indiana last year, for those that remember, it was basically a three-score game, and then Indiana put up some garbage-time numbers. They actually, in fairness to them, they got the ball back, I think, at like their own 12 with a chance to go and tie the lead. But this strikes me as Ohio State kind of uh, taking out some aggression against Indiana this year because I think a lot of people are saying that game was close and that seemed to bother Ohio State. Doesn't this feel like an opportunity for them to just kind of keep piling it on? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, you know, Indiana was like that cool story, what, last year, right? Um, yeah, COVID year. Yeah, and 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 cool. Like, you know, that was a cool story. And, that, and that'll be a, a juiced-up crowd. Uh, but it, it, this is – I think this is another Ohio State role. I think they've hit a stride. They figured something out. Uh, Ryan Day is, is a quality coach. They've got five-star recruits everywhere uh and if they're not five star they're the best the forest of the four star guys so yeah i i don't i don't see this being much of a game i think your point about it being like just like you know the three score game that you get a garbage td or so late to make it a respectable kind of score kind of like that kentucky georgia game you know i don't i don't see this being a contest it may be a you know Indiana gets them to go three and out of the first possession. The crowd's all hopped up, and that's about the highest it gets for them. Yeah, to your point, under Ryan Day, Ohio State in Big Ten play, 12-4-1 against the spread. Also, when the line is between 21 and 28 points, which it currently is, they are 7-2-1 in league play. And this just really kind of strikes me as Ohio State also needs style points. Like, they kind of need the – holy cow scores like that we've seen when they they got Rutgers they got Maryland they kind of need the take a look at me now you know the kind of the the forgot about Dre game if you will here's another interesting (laughs) team that's also in in the Cincinnati or in the Ohio area with Cincinnati they're kind of doing the same thing they understand style points matter am I insane for thinking I want nothing to do with this line at 28 and a half but I do kind of wonder Cincinnati going to be willing to run it up against the troops Oh man! Oh, you're going with uh, with with a military sympathy here. Yeah, you're going with yeah, Luke. Luke Fickle seems like a man that respects the flag. I'm not sure he yeah. can afford to just that he. I'm not sure he can afford to to call up uh, another uh, another touchdown play, if you will. Dial up a little trickery here with uh, with four minutes to go, up 25. Yeah, uh, yeah. look, uh, I don't know that they're gonna they're gonna run it up, run it up. But I think Luke knows, and, and, and I, I think he knows the deal. Like, if he wants yeah. to get to the Final Four, he can't have a, a, a late score against Navy. Because let's be, fa- let's be fair, the guys in the committee room, they're probably not keeping an eye on the Final Four minutes of the Navy-Cincinnati uh, game. What they're going to do is in, in five weeks or whatever it is, they're going to look at the overall score. Oh, they only beat Navy by seven or ten yeah. or 14. And, and I think he, he's, he knows the deal. They all do. Coming up next, we'll tell you which underdogs are poised to win outright. We've got upset alert. 
perhaps Ann Arbor, perhaps Ames, Iowa. I don't know. We'll find out exactly who we're going to be putting on upset alert when we come back on BetQLU. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. Stick around. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, we welcome you back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. My co-host is RJ Choppy. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ Choppy. Let's do it. It's upset alert time. Let's fire it up. Upset alert. All right, RJ, I yield to you. Who are you putting on upset alert? Uh, I got I got I got a few questions here. First off, am I allowed to put Oklahoma State on upset alert because they're you. a dog? But you know they're number eight in the nation. They're number eight in the nation. They're undefeated, and I feel like you know you and I, maybe in particular, I've been ranting about how how much I hate rankings because really the only ranking that matters in my mind is what does Vegas say that this yeah. team is. Like, I do understand a resume matters, wins matter. Sure, we all get that. But it's now reached – I feel like this is an all-time high of top 10 team ranked against an unranked team, and they're getting points. So I don't know how if to qualify that as an upset or not. Like, on the, on the, on the bottom line, I guess it'll say Iowa State upsets upsets yeah. <laughs> number eight. But at the same time, it's like, they're favorite for seven. Yeah, and, and, and seven is like – that's not a – this isn't favored by two and a half. No, this isn't like a, oh, you know, at least like with Oregon and UCLA, it's like a point and a half. Like, yeah. you can kind of get that. It's like, all right, road game, and they, they have these teams kind of even, but it's like they're getting a full touchdown. Like, Vegas is saying if you take Iowa State, they've got to win by two scores. Yes. You know, it's like it's, it's a legit two-score game. It's not even six and a half. This is a full <laughs> seven. It blew, it blew me away when I saw this spread. I was like, wait a second. Does Vegas think that Iowa State is still, like, number four in the nation? Well, like, it, it caused a lot of concern for me because I think we agree. This line is, is a wrap, right? Because not yeah. only not only is it a full touchdown, RJ, dude, this line has not moved, like, at all. No. And so I'm sitting here looking at this line, and it's like, okay, well, Vegas is very comfortable with this. If the market were moving it, we would have seen some movement, but it is just like got the ski poles out and just dug in. It's like this yeah. line is seven points. And I'm sitting here going, these are the same teams. Just give me the seven points. But then I remember I'm a very dumb person. And so I'm wondering, am I just falling for this trap? Well, look, if if we are going to allow this game as an upset alert, uh, then I will put 
Oklahoma State on upset alert. Uh, that, that, that's just kind of how it's got to be for me. Uh, because it is Brocktober, man, and Brock Purdy goes from average to savage mm-hmm. when the month of October hits. He goes from 65% completion percentage to 67 in October, so a very, very small uptick, but a little bit of an uptick. His yards per game go up by 40. Uh, 19 touchdowns compared to nine and every other month combined. His record goes from nine and eight to eight and one. Like, and he has to face Kansas in October. So, like, that's, you know, usually that's a gimme win every year. Uh, you know, Brocktober, man, it might roll. Like, this might be an Iowa State, uh, not even a, a, an upset, but a cover of the seven. Yeah, I I think the true Sophie's choice, like, I'd like to see a, a modern adaptation. The true Sophie's choice would be which quarterback do you want, Spencer Sanders or Brock Purdy? Because they both just are nothing like I don't I, I don't even know what I would do y- yeah I mean like I think I think I would maybe take Brock Purdy from the it's it's a home game kind of standpoint right I, 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 would, I would I would maybe think of it that way but I mean like this line this is a weird weird this would be a great head fake game if you thought Oklahoma State yeah. was gonna win this would be your head fake game for sure uh, you know, you know, boost the points, get even more. Yeah, this is just one of those. I feel like I've gotten pretty good eyes on both these teams. I've watched at least four full games of each of these teams. What's truly confusing to me is, RJ, these teams are like the exact same team. Like you look at them. Yeah, they are very solid defensively. They're tough, physical teams. But like, I, I don't know, like this is the classic. What am I missing? And I think I lean towards Iowa State's kind of been overvalued this year. Like, yeah. I think the two teams that have consistently been overvalued, and I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep like closing my eyes and doing it. Wisconsin and Iowa State this whole year, I feel like they've been just both overvalued. And this just feels like a, a you know, I, think back to that Texas game in the second half. I know Texas let them back in, and that pick six was awful. But at the same time, man, like, they only gave up 92 yards to Texas in the second half. Oklahoma State is, like, I'm not going to mistake them for Georgia or even Alabama or Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But I do think they're a good football team. And this just kind of feels a little, like, insulting. Yeah, it really does. It, it does. I mean, this this is a team that has done nothing but win games. And, and I know their game last week was was it was a weird finish, right? It was a really weird, not sure. a finish, but a weird second half. Um, but, but, they, but they won. You know, they have done everything we've asked of them, and they, they've done it on the road. They've done it at home, quality competition. Uh, you know, they did a good win against Baylor, a Baylor team that kind of put it to BYU. So this is a good Oak State team. You know, Iowa State, they have all the publicity of the beginning of the year, and, and they just haven't shown up. And maybe Matt Campbell's thinking he should have taken every NFL job he was offered at this point. And for the, in fairness to the Iowa State fans out there, I know they're screaming at their radio, hey, we always start slow. We always start slow. We're, we're a team, and as you mentioned, once Brocktober hits, they do start to play better. I just look at Oklahoma State. They're getting a little healthier, particularly yeah. at the skill positions. And we saw, man, no one's going to mistake Texas's run defense uh, for Georgia's. At the same time, like they just ran it down their throat. And to me, like that's the sign of a good team. There's a couple of notes here. Since 2009, 
there have been eight games in which a top 10 team was an underdog against an unranked team. Those ranked teams are seven and one against the spread. Oklahoma State also 13 and three since 2016 with 10 outright wins as an underdog. RJ, I think I'm just going to be an idiot. I'm just going to take the cheese. Give me the points, man. All right. You know, here's the interesting thing about that stat, about the unranked teams being favorites over over top 10. That is strictly, like, teams that are right in the top 10 generally belong there. Yeah. Right? And then the teams that are favored over them, that is somebody outthinking the room. They're getting cute. They're buying and betting into the hype. We Gamblers know... You fade the hype whenever you can. Yes. And, and 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 Iowa State, it's really weird. It feels like hype. I, you know, and I don't know where the hype's coming from. I really don't. But the Brocktober aspect of it, I mean, like the guy Kirk Cousins only always wins noon games. He can't win at night. He just can't for whatever reason. But he, at noon, he's amazing. So I stick. I I, I I don't know that I would take them to cover, but I could see Iowa State pulling off this upset. Again, we have no idea if it's an upset. I also think, to your point, yeah. why we're seeing a lot of it more, I think what it really speaks to is there's like four or five teams that are truly elite, and those are usually those teams kind of all they, they kind of display themselves throughout the course of the year. Yeah. But really, for me, like the difference between like number six and number 40 in college football is really not that much. And a lot of it, what it kind of turns out to be is just kind of resume. But in terms of Vegas's mind, all they care about is a power rating. They're, they care about getting the number right. And, and I think that's kind of why we're starting to see more of it. All right, I've got one that makes absolutely no sense. You ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. I think I want USC plus 205. Notre Dame has been playing with fire. And the thing about USC there's whispers out there that Jackson Dart is getting healthier. And when Jackson Dart plays, USC's pretty good because he's actually pretty good. And Keaton Slovis is exactly what Keaton Slovis has been for three years now. Notre Dame has been very banged up. They've just kind of been playing with fire. And this feels like the classic Notre Dame kind of getting some hype. You know what I mean? Like they, they yeah. have their record probably a little better than they are. No one really yep. thinks much of USC. Well, USC is going to have the best player on the field, you know, especially with Mayer being banged up like he is for Notre Dame. This just kind of reeks of this kind of seems like a college football move. Like, I for sure think I want the seven with USC. I think Notre Dame should be on upset alert. Man, that's interesting. I've got I've got it the other way, uh, which is ironic. I, I've got, I'm looking at Notre Dame uh, minus the seven. But I, I mean, it's not going to stun me if USC wins. USC. They're, they're always talented. They always have players, right? They always have a, a good roster. And, you know, while Notre Dame does too, you know, USC has that odd situation where all these guys are playing for tape for the next coach. They're trying sure. to put good games on tape for their next coach. That's a very dangerous thing to have to go against. Uh, it could backfire because you could have a lot of guys not, you know, maintaining their assignments and just playing hero ball out there. So it could backfire on you, but you can also see a, bu- a, guy, a bunch of guys making big plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm I, on the other side of that card. But, again, I mean, like, this is not one of those things where I'm, I'm oh, man, for sure they're going to cover. No, no, no. I, don't, I mean, there ain't no for sure here at all. 
Well, especially with USC. I mean, when you're playing for an interim coach, you never know if the team's going to show up. Like you mentioned, you could right. put something out there on film, but at the same time, it's not as if we haven't seen teams with an interim coach that just kind of fall apart. So I do think there's very much the possibility that I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, I was an idiot. Here's, I think, how I would define college football in 2021 from what we've seen thus far. Clemson is not only getting points against Pitt, you can get them on the money line at plus 140. Oh. Is Pitt on upset alert? I, I don't know. Is this, I don't know if we call it an upset alert, but Pitt versus Clemson, like, that was the classic. What was the look ahead line during the summer in this game? It had to be like Clemson minus 17, right? Like, oh, I mean, we're I talking so. like a three touchdown swing. This is, the, I don't see Pitt on upset alert. I don't, I don't know that Pitt, that Clemson could score with Pitt. I don't, I don't know that they could score with Pitt. And we might see a situation where, you know, Pitt puts themselves, I mean, they're, they're not going to be, I, I saw an article this morning, uh, I think it was on ESPN, how, you know, Pitt could completely shake up the national title picture with a win. It's like, dude, they're 23rd this late in the game. They're not shaking up any title picture with a win here. Uh, but, you know, they, they could shake up. I mean, could they shake up the Heisman Trophy race if Kenny Pickett has a really big game, like a big game? You know, Clemson still has a name. If Kenny Pickett has a big game, puts a 48 in this one, is he getting into that Heisman you know, conversation? And, and to your point, everything that we have negative to say about Clemson, it's on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Their defense is still their defense. Like, yep. they, even despite the injuries that they've had up front, like, that defense is still very, very difficult to move it on. It does feel like, you know, with the 230 spot, the, the national TV angle, if Pickett comes out and has a big day and he's been so good this entire year, it does feel like, you know, can't you see Narduzzi after the game doing the yeah. post game with his arm around, his arm around Pickett? This is the best quarterback in the country. He deserves the Heisman. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, I could kind of see the scene, and now I'm going to wake up on Sunday going, what the hell was I doing betting Pitt? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, I just I look at this like, man, like their offense, I don't know that Clemson's offense could score with anybody. They can't score 14 points. That's why it was so weird. They were a 14-point favorite last week against Syracuse. They can't score 14 against anybody. Yeah. Uh, like, like, they're not 14 points better than anybody right now, so – uh, I, I, I like the pit line. I, I, in fact, I think I have pit on my card uh, minus three this week. No, I mean, to your point, like there is kind of this, there's this hesitancy to go against Clemson because you are, are concerned of, okay, is this the week that they figure it out? Is this the week that they keep figuring it out? But to me, it's very similar to a couple of the teams that we've already mentioned. Like I'm done waiting on Wisconsin to figure it out. Like, I, I just, I'm just not going to buy into that anymore. I'm done waiting on Clemson's offense to try and figure it out because Clemson's offense's problems and their woes, they're big problems. Their big problem is they cannot block up front. They still yeah. do have very good receivers. But I, I think it's also pretty clear at this point, DJ Uyangalale is what he is. Like, yeah, he's, he's just kind of a dude. Like, I, I don't want anyone to, like out there say, like, I'm sitting there saying, this guy sucks, but – at the same time, you cannot say he's a plus. Right. It makes you wonder about last year. Yeah. That Notre Dame game. Well, like, that, if you watch that game, I think Notre Dame screwed up. What they thought was true freshman making his first start, let's blitz the hell out of him. 
And I think that was a big mistake because at that point, it becomes very easy for Uyangale. Okay, pick my one-on-one on the outside and just chunk it up. Because, like, if you watch the whole course of the game, when they made him kind of play quarterback, it wasn't great. And that was kind of how they got back into the game early after those big chunk plays. But once they were just giving him the home run balls, that was exactly what he yeah. wanted. Now teams are sitting there going, okay, we dare you. That, 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 that's exactly what happened last year. Because I thought coming into this year that, that was gonna be, it was just going to be a remake of last season's Notre Dame game the entire year for DJ and Clemson. And, man, was I wrong. Coming up next, which games does RJ think the Sharps are waiting to bite on? Plus, we give you our betting cards for the weekend. Stick around. You're listening to BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. You can also follow RJ on Twitter at RJ Choppy. It's time for one of my favorite segments of the week. Let's get into head fake games. Head fake games. All right, so the head fake game of the week, and this is what a head fake is. This is a quick little brief reminder. You have to imagine yourself in make-believe land, which I spend most of my time anyway, as a huge betting syndicate. What that means is when I make a bet, Vegas casinos take note. So if I like a spread and I say, okay, there's Iowa State minus seven, I think they're going to cover that one. Let's bet a small 10% wager on Oklahoma State, 10% of my bankroll on my normal bet, and they will move the line a little bit closer. So instead of being minus seven, maybe they'll move it to five, five and a half. And then I come and I hammer Iowa State over the top. Well, I've, I've done this with about five games this week, and I keep going back and forth on some of these. I could do it with Army and Wake. I could do it with UCLA, Oregon. I could do it with Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Um, I could do it with Pitt, Clemson. But I am going to go off the normal track here. And I am going to do it with Florida International. Let's go. Florida International is getting 15 points against Western Kentucky. Now, Western Kentucky throws the ball a lot, and they throw it very well. There is a monsoon of a rainstorm coming this weekend in Florida International in Miami. Why does that matter? Well, Florida International is a great running football team. They're fantastic at it. This is not only a game that you want to put a small wager on Western Kentucky, have the line spread up to 15 to 17 maybe, and then all of a sudden hammer FIU on the top. This is a money line Florida international game, pizza money parlay preview maybe. This is a live dog at FIU. I love it. Love it. I mean, anytime anytime you have an opportunity to – really fade western kentucky's defense i think you have to do it i mean that's a, that's a true that's a true degenerate special i mean i'm yeah i'm beaming with pride here <laughs> love to hear it all right let's get into our betting cards the betting card all right, all right rj so, what do you got all right my betting card uh let's see i got like uh, eight games plus a pizza money parlay for you 
It's a big one, by the way. It's a huge pizza money parlay. First up, I got LSU Ole Miss. I like the under 76 and a half here. There's a, you know, Matt Corral did not finish that Tennessee game well. There's injuries. Uh, and, you know, if there's a backup in there, I'm not going to take the over 76, over 76 and a half. LSU, I mean, the last week it was 81, and they didn't come close to hitting it. So I'll take the under. Uh, I do like Iowa. I am going to take Iowa State minus seven. Vegas doesn't make this line without being hyper aware of something going on. They we they might completely miss on it, but I'm going to take it. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I'm going to take Tennessee plus 25 and a half, but I am. And I never bet on my balls. But I am going to take that plus 25 and a half. Uh, they do have a, a, a good running game. Uh, and, and if they're able to run against Alabama, which maybe they're you know a weakness for them, uh, th- then they can keep it close. They're not going to win. It's going to be a three-score game, but I think 25-and-a-half is a little bit too much. I like Pitt minus three against Clemson. I like UMass plus 36 against Florida State. Florida State isn't 36 points better than anything. High school teams are 36 points better aren't 36 points worse than Florida State. Give me Michigan minus 23. I know. I can't believe I'm buying into Jim Harbaugh, but I am. Central Michigan minus four and a half against Northern Illinois. I like San Diego State plus three against Air Force. Uh, and I like Army getting three against Wake on an upset special. The triple option is a nightmare to play against. And then my pizza money parlay for you. Get ready for this one. This is a three-team parlay that normally pays out six to one. This three-team parlay pays you seventy-two and a half to one. A I'll make it about ten dollars. A ten-dollar bet will pay you seven twenty-five. LSU money line plus two ninety. FIU money line plus five hundred, and Georgia Tech money line plus two fifteen. It's 10 bucks. It's nothing. It's a lotto ticket. And it can win you $725 on a pizza money parlay. I love this parlay because I'm like, I can, I can see the scene with every single one of these teams. Yeah. Like we'll get into the Ole Miss game in just a bit for me. I think that game's one of two ways. I think it's either a blowout for Ole Miss because Orgeron's now, I don't even think he's an interim coach. He's like an outer room coach at this point. So I think there's definitely like a quit level there. But it feels like the bet is either take the alternate line with Ole Miss and try to get some plus value because of blowout possibilities or take LSU to win. Like, that's just kind of like yeah. how I see that game going. Let's not act like WKU's invincible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. and give me some FIU athletes out there. And I got this. And then in the Georgia Tech, I've, I've said it's whose line is it anyway football. Like, the points don't matter. Like, at a certain point, like, no one should really be favored in the entire league. So – I, I'm kind of in on that one. All right, we are, we're opposed on a few, but let's get into my card. It's not a great Saturday. Like, let's be real, at least on paper. Right. At least on paper, it's not a great Saturday. So I can think of no better way to start things off than by going to Blacksburg, Virginia. Give me the under on Syracuse, Virginia Tech. Like, Ooh, let's get it. Okay. Let's just, like, embrace it. It's going to be a gross, gritty Saturday. Let's get the lunch pails out. Let's take the under, under 46. Then I'm sticking with it. Like, I, I'm telling you, man, like, I just – this game feels like a trap. It's a classic hangover spot for Purdue. But I, I just 
every single week it feels to me like Wisconsin has been overvalued. Every single week. So give me the three and a half. I'll take it with Purdue. Again, I could be an idiot. I know all the metrics say Clemson can win this game outright. Like I just look at it. I've got two teams that are from the eye test have been, while different styles, they've been pretty even teams. Give me minus three with Pitt. I'll take the better quarterback. Like, that's just kind of how I see this one. We're on the opposite sides. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Again, I think that these two teams are the exact same team. You're going to give me the seven points. I'm going to do it. I also think that I am like this. I feel like this weekend is going to go one of two ways. Either like it's a no duh and I'm doing the Scrooge McDuck backstrokes in cash, or I am just going to be eating ramen for like the next week and just taking an absolute bath. Like, I, I don't see this weekend go. It's going one of two directions. Like, I don't, this doesn't feel like a weekend where it's, you know, ah, okay, we went, you know, seven and six and we just, you know, kept our head above water. Colorado and Cal, here you go. Since 2017, Cal is 4 13 and 1 against the spread when they are a favorite. They are also 1 and 9 in the Chase Garbers era. I can't believe I'm doing this. Give me Colorado. Give me the points. Ooh. Wow. Under Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss is averaging 44.8 points per game at home while only averaging 35 points per game on the road. Nearly a 10 point difference. Also, RJ, I don't know if you saw this. Ole Miss is wearing their sissy blue jerseys. We've oh, got, yeah. We've got a finger pointing. We've got everything. It's Eli Manning Day. I just can't bet against Ole Miss on Eli Manning Day. I'm laying the eight with the Rebels. Again, if you're out there, like, watch this game live. If Ole Miss scores early, see if you can find a way to get an alternate line and take them with blowout potential. But on the same side of the equation, if LSU gets up and it starts to look like it's back and forth, take the live over and whatever it is. And then also, I think you should really look at LSU on the money line. Since 2017, Alabama's three and one against your beloved Vols. The average margin of defeat is 32 points. More importantly, since 2017, Alabama is 12 and six against the spread in conference play, including six and zero oh during the previous two seasons. Give me Alabama first half, Alabama game. I'm also saying Josh Heupel, I think you've done a tremendous job. Don't be an idiot. Sit hooker. Sit hooker. Don't play him. You've got games that you can win later on in the season. Feed Joe Milton to the Wolves. Also on the card, I have got Fresno State, Nevada. Carson Strong, 9-2 and two against the spread with eight outright wins as an underdog. Give me Nevada plus three and a half. Ohio State, Indiana, we've talked about it. I think Ohio State is on the kill everyone Rex Souls tour. Indiana feels like that they are up next. This feels like Ohio State can mentally trap themselves into these guys think that they played as close. Like, we're going to go show them who's boss. Give me first half, minus 12 with Ohio State, and I'll lay the 21. Another, I think, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants pick of the week. I think North Carolina State's good. I think Miami's not. I think Miami's also in this weird spot where they don't know if their coach is going to be their coach. They don't really have – it seems to have the strongest locker room. Give me North Carolina State, minus three and a half on the road. Also, Miami in their last seven games against FBS opponents. One – or beg your pardon, 0-7 and only 1-6 against the spread. South Carolina – Stinks. Texas A&M at home. Give me the Aggies, minus 19 and a half. And as mentioned earlier on the show, this feels like I could be an idiot, and I regret this immediately. Give me the Trojans, plus seven, against Notre Dame on the road. 
Man, I'll tell you, the fact that Ole Miss is rocking the baby blues, the sissy blues, just for Coach O, that's mm -hmm. why Lane is goaded. Okay, that's, oh, yeah. why Lane is, that's why Lane is goaded. Like, the guy is so hyper-aware of every pop culture troll reference you could possibly do. I love what they're doing with the Manning in the end zone because, you know, they, they can say all they want. It's for Eli Manning. That's for Arch Manning because he'll be there. That's what that's for. That's for Lane getting old Arch Manning in town. I have no but idea what you're I, talking about. It's, it's honoring a true legend of the university. I mean, the speed limit's 10 for number 10. It has nothing to do with Arch. I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. See, it's got oh. nothing to do with Arch. They're going to uh -huh. make that speed limit 18 or whatever our number Arch wears now, 16 maybe. That is, that is so awesome. And I hope, I hope, I hope that Arch – I almost hope Arch Manning goes there. I don't hope he goes there. I want him to go to Tennessee even though that's not possible. Also, bet uh, QL five-star bets. The got two Mac ones. I avoid the Macs. No one knows how to bet the Mac. Also, Rice plus 23 at UAB. Bet cautiously on that. It's the kids' cancer game for UAB. They're undefeated against the spread in that game. Northwestern plus 23 and a half against Michigan. Northwestern as an underdog, 12-4-1 against the spread. We're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturday. Then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction. It's all on BetQL. It's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.